everyone, I'm Sarah, and whether you're watching us online or you're here with us in person, we are so glad that you're here. And it's a big weekend. We have Child Dedication Weekend, and we are so excited to come alongside of those parents who are choosing to declare their commitment to helping to lead and to teach their kids to fall more and more in love with Jesus. Parents, we are so proud of you. Another really powerful thing that we value here at CCC is prayer. And a few ways that you can give us your prayer requests is if you're in person, you can scan that QR code in front of you in the seat back, or you can head to our welcome desk and they would love to help you fill them out there too. Or if you're watching us online, just click on that request prayer button. Last but certainly not least, it is Father's Day weekend, and we just wanted to say happy Father's Day to all those incredible dads and father figures out there. Take a look at this video. Just remember what your old past said, boy, you've got a friend in me. Yeah, you've got a friend in me. Father's Day, everyone. Happy Father's Day. Thanks, Jason and Rowan, for that awesome video. We so appreciate it. And thanks to all of you for joining us here this weekend. Now let's prepare our hearts for a time of worship. Good evening, everyone. How are we? Oh, that's some energy. Woo, all right. Y'all want to stand with us. Uh, I was just thinking, just as I was sitting there, watching that video as Jason is just so enamored with his son who is doing all that he can and bringing his best and he is delighting in him. And I felt like God was saying, that is how I feel with us. All he's asking us to do is come, give our best, come and try. And Jason carried that song as Christ will carry us. He will strengthen us, he will make us through. All he's asking for us to do is come, 
So today, whether you know Jesus, and maybe you don't, whether you're here searching, Jesus looks at us and God looks at us with that delight and passion and just says, I want to have this relationship with you. Come. So today, Lord, we come. We don't check off a box to do church today, but we come to be with the living God, our Savior, Jesus Christ, to proclaim the testimony that he is risen and alive and there is victory in his name. To you be all glory. Amen. Sing it out. I saw Satan. And I saw Satan fall like lightning. And I saw darkness run for cover. But the miracle that I just can't get over, my name is registered in heaven. And I believe in signs and wonders. And I have resurrection power Still the miracle that I just can't get over My name is registered in heaven Oh, and my praise belongs to you forever This is my testimony from death to life This grace rewrote my story I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous, I'm justified. This is my testimony. This is my testimony. Come together. Come together, sons and daughters. Bob with blood and washed in water. Sing the praises of the Spirit, Son, and Father. Cause our God will finish what He started. Sing it out! Cause our God will finish what He started. This is my testimony from death to life. In grace rewrote my story and I'll testify. By Jesus Christ the righteous, I'm justified. Cause this is my testimony, this is my testimony. If I'm not dead, you're not done. Greater things are still to come. Oh, I believe. I'm not dead and you're not done And greater things are still to come Oh, I believe If I'm not dead and you're not done And greater things are still to come Oh, I believe If I'm not dead and you're not done Yes, greater things are still to come Oh, I testimony from death to life cause grace rewrote my story yes I'll testify 
by Jesus Christ the righteous, I'm justified. Is this my testimony? Cause I'm alive. This is my testimony from death to life. Cause grace rewrote my story and I'll testify. By Jesus Christ the righteous, I'm justified. This is my testimony. This is my testimony. Lord, we praise you. And I count on one thing the same God that never fails will not fail me now. You won't fail me now in the the same God who is never late, He's working all things out, working all things out. And yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley. Yes, I will bless your name, Lord. And yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy. Yes, I will. Yes, I will. Yes, I will, God. I'll praise you. Cause I count on one thing. The same God that never fails will not fail me now. No, you won't fail me now in the waiting. And the same God who is never late, he's working all things out, Lord, working all things out, yes, yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley, and yes, I will bless your name, yeah, and yes, I will sing for joy when my Happy in all my days, yes, I will. And for all my days, yes, I will. And I choose to praise, yes, to glorify, glorify the name of all names. And nothing can stand against, and I choose to praise. Yes, to glorify, glorify the name of all names, Lord, and nothing can sing it out. Here we go. And I choose to praise. Yes, to glorify, glorify the name of all names, oh, and nothing can stand against, and I choose to praise. Yes, to glorify, glorify the name of all names. Oh, and nothing can stand against. And yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley. And yes, I will bless your name. 
Because I have overcome them is true to this day. So no matter what, you are faithful till the end and victorious always. So we can lay down all of our struggles, all of our pain, whatever it is that we're struggling with that we think we're hiding from others, you see it and you say, bring it to me, my child, that I may give you hope, life, and victory. So God, we come and we worship you. We thank you that you are our father and that we can come to you as children and you delight in us. To you be all glory. To you be all praise in your holy name. Amen. Please be seated as we invite the families up for child dedication. Well, this is one of my favorite uh, times of the year when we get to celebrate child dedication. Um, my name is Trisha, and I am on staff with our family ministries team, and this is Daryl, and he's one of the pastors here at the church. And we're just excited to get to be a part of this wonderful tradition called child dedication. Um, we have a lot of different denominational backgrounds that make up our church body, and so I just wanna start by taking a minute to explain what child dedication is. So for those of us who are parents, um, we know that parenting is a really big job and that we can't do it alone. And we need God's guidance, we need the support of our family and our friends, and the encouragement of our faith family to help along the way. In other words, the old saying is true, it really does take a village to raise a child, right? And God calls us into community to do just that. So although we call this child dedication, it really is more about our parents committing themselves to establishing a home where God is glorified, a genuine faith is modeled, and as we're parents, we are to be the influencers uh, in our children's lives and teaching them the truths of God's word and really setting a godly example for our kids to follow. Proverbs 22, six says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. God has entrusted us as parents to raise our kids, pointing them to Jesus every step of the way. And one day when our kids get to an age of understanding, they'll have their own opportunity to make their own decision to follow Christ and to choose faith in God. 
So today doesn't instill faith in our kids, but rather it's a commitment of the parents to point their kids towards faith and towards having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So at this time, I have the privilege of introducing the children being dedicated today, as well as their parents. So first we have Wendell Thomas Brinkman, brought by Blake and Megan. They've chosen a life verse from Micah chapter six, verse eight. He has shown you, mortal one, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. Wendell is 16 months old, and with us today are his grandparents. Wendell is easygoing. I can see that in your laid back posture there. <laughs> he loves pushing his cars around and loves books. Thank you. And next we have Muriel, Donna, Akko, brought by Desiree and Amanda. And they have chosen a life verse from 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 16 through 18. Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Mimi is five and a half years old and has a brother, Ezra, who is also being dedicated today. And with us today in attendance are their grandparents. Mimi is a loving big sister and a wonderful entertainer. She loves to dance, do gymnastics, read, and be read to. Mimi especially enjoys when daddy reads Bible stories to her. And this is Ezra Lotier Akko. You wave? Good job. <laughs> And they have chosen a life verse from Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Ezra is 17 months old, and he has an easy smile and is always ready to dance when he hears music. <laughs> Might be trying to dance right now. He loves to be outside, make messes, and chase after his big sister, whom he adores. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and next we have Lakin Ray Lorenzen, brought by Brady and Sam. Hello, Miss Lakin. They have chosen a life verse from Isaiah 62, three. You shall be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord. Lakin is one year old and has brother Lennox. And with us today in attendance are great grandma, grandparents, aunts, uncles, and cousins. Lakin has a smile that will melt your heart and big, beautiful eyes. She is a sweet, cuddly girl who has a strong personality <laughs> and points to everything she wants. Right? You want this? Awesome. She calls everything she sees a bee. And Lakin is a blessing to our family. <laughs> Thank you. Well, at this time, I'm gonna read charges to the parents, and then in a moment, Pastor Darrell will read charges um, to you at the church. So parents, would you please respond to these questions with, with we do. Do you dedicate yourself to glorify God and honor his son? Do you dedicate yourself to model Christ-like attitudes and qualities that will bring joy and harmony to your family? Do you dedicate yourself to provide a foundation for your child to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? And do you dedicate yourself to parenting your child 
toward the development of a heart submissive to God. So church, we have the amazing privilege of um, these children to run the halls. They're gonna grow up here and uh, we get to be part of that. And so um, it, it's gonna take all of us to raise them towards the Lord and we wanna be supportive and encouraging to these parents. And so um, I have questions for you, a charge for you. And um, if you would please stand, this is a serious moment for us. We're having a lot of fun in it, but this is a, this is a serious moment. And so um, if, you will, if you will respond with we will uh, also to these questions, I would sure appreciate that. So do you, the people of Christ Community Church, promise to support the efforts of these parents with your prayers, words, and acts of encouragement? And will you maintain an attitude of love, grace, acceptance, gratitude, and priority for these children's participation in our church family? And will you, will you do your part to point this, these children to Jesus and celebrate with this family as their child grows in wisdom, stature, and in favor with God and man? Amen. Thank you. Will you remain standing, please, and let me pray for these families. So Father, this is a great day. It's a great weekend for us as a church. I'm really grateful for these moms and dads who have promised themselves to you, to each other, to this church family, uh, that they're gonna point these kiddos to Jesus. And I'm really thankful to be part of a church that prioritizes that as well. So um, we stand before you and say that we need your help, we need your guidance, we need your intervention, we need your work in all of our lives, but we're asking for it particularly in the lives of these children and these families who are on stage today. So you've heard us read the verses that these parents have chosen. I'm, I'm praying those verses, those words over each one of these kids. Um, these families have They've invested to this point and they're gonna continue to invest. I pray that you'll multiply that spiritual investment for them. And these children are a gift from you. Their, their families recognize that, we recognize that as a church, may we always see them as a gift. And we, just, we wanna declare our great gratitude that you would entrust these kids to moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas, aunts and uncles, family members, but also to us as a church family. And so Jesus, we, um, we express our gratitude and we ask these things all in your name. Amen. Amen. Would you guys please remain standing? We're finishing worship. I'm a dad of a two-year-old and a uh, soon-to-be five-year-old, and uh, if they set that still that long, that would be a fantastic day for my wife and I. Um, <laughs> as we, I was just thinking, just again, just this father-to-child relationship. And a lot of times we can feel when life's hard for us, when we feel like, we feel like we're, we're not meeting up to our part of the bargain with Christ. And Christ, the beautiful part of that is Christ never had us bring anything but ourselves, and that is all. Because he, he's got it all, and he's going to delight in us. And he delights in our wiggliness, and he delights in everything else, and he is faithful faithful to the promises that he gives us. And the promise that I feel like he's saying today is faithful he is that he promises to never leave us nor forsake us. So if you are here today feeling distant from God, God has promised that he is right there with you. So let us call upon his name and remember his promises that they are true and let us rest in them as we continue standing and worshiping.
and all your promises, they yes and amen. God, may we rest in that confidence that all your promises, everything you say that you will do, you will do. Everything you say you will do, you are doing. And we can rest in that and find our hope. We can rest in that and find our strength. We can rest in that and find a grace and a love that we are searching for. For there is no one like you, Jesus. And we thank you for that, that you are the overcomer, the victorious one, and our faithful God. To you we worship, to you we praise, to you be all glory and honor. In your holy name we pray, amen. Please sit with us this evening. Okay, some of y'all didn't know whether to clap or not, so like, can we say thank you to the worship team for leading us in worship today? Yeah, there you go. Thanks, man. Right spot. We always have a conversation about where it goes. Um, happy Father's Day, dads. Good to see you are here in the room. Those of you who are watching online, um, we celebrate you this weekend. It is, uh, it's good to be a dad. I'm a dad, I got four kids, they're all grown, and... Um, they're sending me a gift, so, you know. <laughs> Here's the beauty of grown children. They have jobs and money, and the gifts that come are actually, like, they're worth getting, so it's, <laughs> it's all good. Um, hey, I'm really excited to talk with you today, this, this little Bible verse that we're gonna look at. Um, we're in this series that's called Characters, and we're, we're looking at some different things, different people uh, in the Bible that are, that are, like, they teach us things by their lives, and they're worthy of emulation, and so, um, this little Bible verse we're gonna talk about today is really fitting for a parent-child dedication weekend. It was first spoken by a guy named Joshua. And so um, I'm, just, I'm gonna open us to Joshua chapter 24, verse 15. And uh, if you've been around church or been to a Christian bookstore or seen Christian t-shirts, you, you've probably seen section of this verse. So this is a... Um, it's towards the end of a long speech, but Joshua, this, this leader of God's people, makes this statement. He says, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. So the first time I remember, because I grew up in church, and you guys know that about me, so the first time I remember getting exposed to this verse was we were celebrating Christmas with my aunt and uncle, and they had little kids. I was probably, I don't know, nine, 10 years old. And uh, for Christmas, my aunt had had photograph done of her and the little kids and gave it in a frame to my uncle. And on that frame were the words, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And over the years, I've seen this verse in different people's homes. I've seen plaques on walls. I've seen, you know, we've read it at parent-child dedication stuff. It's a great verse. It is a great statement for a household commitment to, to following Jesus. And, and as I've kind of grown up and, and engaged with this verse, one of the, one of the things that I, I think about, like what comes to mind for me when I, when I hear that verse is, is a lot like what we saw on stage here just a few minutes ago. The young parents, I picture Joshua as this young man and he's probably got his arm around his wife and they're holding a baby and there's another baby or two running around on the floor and he's, he's just making this statement to friends and family and he's saying, hey, you know, me and my household, we will serve the Lord. 
It, it just feels like it's this thing that is, it's like this aspirational, future-oriented, um, this, is, this is what we're hoping for, this is what we're planning to do, this is the dreams that we have. As for me and my house, we will, I hope we will, I plan for us, to, like we will serve the Lord. But that is not what's going on in these verses. What's going on in these verses and at this time where Joshua actually made this statement. I mean, it's a cool statement if he's a young guy, but, but what's going on in these verses where he makes this statement, like it is a goosebump moment when you realize what's happening in, around him. So Joshua is not a young guy at this point. He's actually an old man. He's at the end of his life. He's a leader of the ancient nation of Israel and he has gathered God's people for his final speech. And they have, they have walked into this land that is full of pagan people, of people who do not worship the Lord God. They worship little g gods. And he's speaking to these people that he has led. And he said, hey, listen, here's what's, here's what's gonna happen. You're living in this land now and you're surrounded by these people who worship these pagan gods and your hearts are gonna be drawn to these pagan gods. He says, so you choose. You choose, you choose today who you're gonna serve. Are you gonna serve the Lord or are you gonna serve the little G gods of these people around you? You choose what you're gonna do, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And then if you read down about 14 verses, that we're in Joshua 24, 15, if you move down to Joshua 24, 29, after these things, Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. So I, I read this and I'm like, man, that is a, um, that is a gutsy statement, right? That's, that is a gutsy statement. This isn't, this isn't a guy who is in his you know, 30s saying, hey, this is the path we're gonna take. This is a guy who's at the end and he's looking at the people around him and he says to them, you're surrounded by darkness. There's light. So you choose, you choose if you're gonna serve the little G gods or if you're gonna serve the Lord God, you choose who you're gonna serve. And if you wanna know which way to go, you watch my family. After I'm gone, you watch my family. They will show you the way. And so, so I read that and I'm like, man, how did you know? You know, I would love to talk to Joshua about this. Like, how did you know? How did you know on your, basically on your deathbed, how did you know on your deathbed that this nation of people could watch your wife, your kids, your grandkids, your great-grandkids, they could watch your family. How did you know if they watched your family, they would see them walking in the direction following the Lord? So what I've done is I've just kind of, I've walked through Joshua's life, and I wanted, I've pulled out four things that, that were true about Joshua that I think if, if we, would, if we would say yes to these things as being true in our lives too, we, we could have the same kind of confidence that Joshua has, not just about ourselves and the direction we're going, about the direction our family's gonna walk. Because I'm in your church, so I'm assuming most of you here would say, yeah, I want that for my family. I want my family to follow after the Lord. And so, so I wanna show you four things from Joshua's life. Now here's, here's the issue with what I'm gonna talk about today. This really should be about a three-week series. So, and I got, well, the clock says 25 minutes, but I got 30 minutes left. <laughs> Don't time me. So, so we're, we are not going to be able to fully explore all of these things. But I'm gonna give you some stuff just as a summary. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you the main chunk of each of these four things and then I'm gonna give you some things that you can just kind of chase out yourself and I'll probably dive in on a little bit of it. But 
But these four things, these things are, they were true of Joshua. He says, my family's gonna follow after I'm gone. If they're true of us, I, I think we'll have the same results. So, so the first thing for Joshua is to develop a strong confidence in the Lord. Just to develop a strong confidence in the Lord. Joshua, he's an interesting guy. So um, he was, he's, he's been, like his name surfaces in the Bible quite a bit. And he's always connected to Moses. He's Moses' servant. I'm gonna talk about that with you in just a minute. But, but one of the things that Moses did for Joshua is he actually changed his name. Uh, Moses gave Hosea, son of Nun, the name Joshua. And so what, what's happening there is like that first name, Hosea, in, in Hebrew, which is the language of these people, that name means salvation. And I don't know what his parents were thinking when they named him Salvation. If he was gonna be a savior of the people or if it was just an indirect reference to the Lord or if it was like if that was a common name before him, we don't really know that part, but we know what Moses did for Joshua when in Hosea to Joshua, what Moses did was he added the name of the Lord into Joshua's name. So his name really means salvation is from the Lord. And, and what happens in that ancient Hebrew culture is your name really is, it says something about who you are. And you know, for moms and dads, it, Naming little babies, it's aspirational, but what's really cool about this moment in Joshua's life and his relationship with Moses, Joshua is somewhere between 40 and 60 years old. And he's been in relationship with Moses for years and years and years, they've known each other well. And, and he says to, and Moses says to him and about him, it's this fatherly moment where he, he changes his name but says over him, you're a guy who has a strong confidence in God, that, that it's not just salvation, it's not just this generic thing, but you are a person who believes in and who represents this idea that salvation comes from the Lord. And so there's this, there's this strength of faith that exudes just from this name change, that, that one man would look at another man and change his name to be a, a name of faith. There's a strong confidence there. So let me give you a little bit of strategy here for how you could how you could develop or strengthen your confidence in the Lord. And I've got four things here, and you know, excitingly enough, they all start with the letter R. Letter R. You know I love this when this works out this way. So um, you can remember these. If you need to take a picture of the screen so that you can think through these things maybe a little bit more uh, in this coming week, feel free to do so. So the, the first part of this strategy is just if you request it. Faith is a gift from God. Bible says that over and over again, that faith is a gift from God. Faith is not something that you and I have on our own, and it's not something, when I talk about developing a strong confidence in the Lord, this really isn't something that you can do of yourself. But to request it from the Lord, that he would strengthen your faith, that he would give you faith. And I give you two verses there beside that. Those are verses that I pray for myself. Um, this is Romans chapter four, verses 20 and 21. It talks about Abraham. And it says that he did not waver in unbelief or doubt concerning the promises of God, but he was strengthened in his faith as he gave glory to God, believing that God would do what he said he would do. And I wanna be like that. I mean, I wanna be a guy who doesn't, like hard things show up in front of me. I don't wanna be a guy who wavers in faith. I wanna be a guy who stands firm in confidence that God's gonna do what he said he will do. And then the other verse is Acts 27, and this is a kind of the Apostle Paul, he's in the middle of a shipwreck, and things are just, like there's, 
It's all falling apart in a really bad way. And he, he looks at the people around him. He says, hey, be encouraged, y'all. I believe God's gonna do what he says he will do. It's, I just, that's what I, for me, I just wanna be a guy who looks at people in, in the shipwrecks of life and says to him, hey, we can be encouraged in these moments because we believe that God will do what he says he's gonna do. And so those are, those are two guys in the scripture that I wanna be like them in that. And so to ask that of the Lord, and you can find your own verses, you can use mine, but you can find your own, and, and ask these things of the Lord, hey, would you strengthen my faith? Would you, would you give me this gift that you give to us so that I can, so I can use it and be stronger in this? So that's the first one is to request. Second one is to read. Primarily read the scriptures. It's the story of God's faithfulness. It's the story of God's faithfulness to his people. And, and so to read these stories of how God has consistently come through for people in a variety of circumstances, in a, in a just a bunch of different ways, things that they are facing. And, and so to read those stories, part of, part of the reason we have the Bible is, is so that we could know what's happened in the lives of people who have gone before us and who they have experienced God to be in crisis moments. So, so to read the scriptures for sure, and then if you're a reader, biographies of Christian people, there's, there's so many of them out there where or autobiographies, stories of people who have, you know, God always meets our faith with his faithfulness. We talked about that last week, and there's these stories where God, like God has been faithful to people for their entire lives, and they just stir up confidence in him within us. So request, read. Third one is reflect on his past faithfulness to you, to your family, to think about the things that God has done for you. And and you know maybe you're here and you don't have a lot of stories for yourself, but you came with somebody and they have some stories. You could, you could reflect on the stories like you know somebody, like you're sitting next to somebody who's experienced God's faithfulness. And, and so you could, uh, you could like lean on them a little bit, but to reflect on God's faithfulness to you, it makes a huge difference in your life when you're facing difficult things. And then the last one is risk. You gotta take a step of faith, right? I mean, it's not faith until you exercise it, and so to, to take a step of faith and to, to move forward into who God is and to what he has for you and what he's offering to you, to take that step of faith, that every step of faith you take will encourage the next one. And so if you want to have a strong confidence in the Lord to take a step of faith, and he'll prove himself faithful, and then you'll be encouraged to take that next step. So, so for some of us, so like for a lot of us, the hardest step of faith to take is the first one. And that moment of, because you know, we all have our own little, we all have our own little strategy for how we deal with our failures, with our shortcomings, with how we're gonna whatever the afterlife is like, how we're gonna end up in the good part of all of that. We all have our own strategy for that. And a lot of times the hardest step of faith to take is that first one. It feels like such a big risk because if you boil it down for, for, for people, we, we put a lot of trust in ourselves. Figure that if, you know, I can, if I could be good enough, good's gonna get to the end of this thing, good's gonna outweigh bad, and whoever's in charge of the good place is gonna let me in. And, and so we all have this strategy that's a, it's a, a strategy of self-confidence. And the thing that the Bible continues to hold out for people is that self-confidence isn't the path. It's not the way that leads to life. It's a, 
it's confidence in Jesus. The whole reason Jesus came, he came, he came to earth and he lived the kind of life you and I can't live and then he died on a cross and the reason he died on the cross was to pay for our sins. You're in my plan for dealing with, we would call them our shortcomings or our failures, the Bible calls them sin. The way we plan to deal with that is we try to have more good stuff than that stuff in our lives. The way God deals with it is he says, hey listen, you can't, you, you can't bridge that gap but instead I'm giving you Jesus and his death is gonna pay for your sins. And then he rose again from the dead and he offers us life and, and if you've never taken that first step of faith to, to trust, like to turn away from yourself and that self-confidence and to put your trust in Jesus as the one who paid for your sins and who will give you life, you could do it while I'm talking to you. Here, it, it, does, it, is a, it is a major life moment but it doesn't have to have this envelope of spiritual whatever around it, you could just, just in your heart, you could tell the Lord in these moments, like, I'm saying yes to that. I'm saying yes to Jesus. Because if you've, if you've been doing your strategy for very long, you know that's not working. And, and so if, you are, if you're finding yourself in that situation today to say, hey, this, this isn't working for me, I'm gonna put my confidence in Jesus. That is a step of faith, and here's what you'll find when you take that first step of faith. You may feel like you're stepping off a spiritual cliff, but the Lord will meet you, and your feet will stand on solid ground because he always meets our faith with his faithfulness. So if you wanna be the kind of person who can say, hey, listen, I'm following the Lord, and if, if it's the last five minutes, five days, five years, five decades of my life, I'm following the Lord, the first thing that we have to have is we have to have a strong confidence in him, so developing faith, that's Joshua's life will tell us that. Second thing for us is to cultivate humility. To cultivate humility. Joshua is, if, if you don't know his story, he was the conquering general of an entire nation. He was a big deal. He was, he was the leader for a number of years of the people of God. And so, I mean, he, ha he has a prominent place in the story of the people of God as, as conquering general and leader. You know what is, you know what the most, used title for him in the scriptures is, he was the servant of Moses. That's, that's, who, that's who he's identified as the most, is this conquering general, his, he's the servant of Moses. Moses was the guy who led the nation before him, and Joshua was Moses' servant. And after Moses died and Joshua took the reins of leadership, one of the comments that was made to the people of God by the Lord is, there's never gonna be another leader for you like Moses. But here's Joshua. Joshua, there you go. I'm mean, like, the humility that he had to step into that role, I mean, could you handle that? I Maybe mean, you get a promotion at work and, and you're being introduced to the people that you're gonna lead and whoever's introducing you says, hey, so-and-so has retired and they were the best division head that, this, that we're ever gonna see. We've promoted you and now you're the leader, go lead. That's, that's exactly what the Lord did here, and Joshua, in humility, takes the reins of this whole thing, and he, and he says, hey, I will, I'm gonna lead because I came here to serve. And so, I love the verse in um, one of the most, like the greatest compliment that is paid to Joshua in all the scriptures, Joshua chapter 11, verse 15. As the Lord commanded his servant Moses, so Moses commanded Joshua, and Joshua did it. 
He left nothing undone of all that the Lord commanded Moses. And, and so there's this, the Lord told Moses, Moses told Joshua, and Joshua did what he was told as the leader. And he, he, was, he did the little things. He did, he did the little things. There's a couple of pieces of this cultivating humility that I think are really important for us to notice. The first is to do those small things. And to do those small things. If you are, if you're waiting for something big before you, before you step forward, you're gonna wait a long time. So, so to be do the small things, to say yes to the small things, to the things that don't have a lot of um, applause or acclaim or from where you're sitting, importance attached to them, but they're things that need to be done. They're things to be willing to do those small things is the first thing. And then the second thing is to find ways to serve others. So you don't have to be humble to serve somebody else. But if you will serve somebody else, you will find yourself developing and growing in humility. And, and so to be, to be a person who doesn't wait for people to serve you and who doesn't wait for somebody else to step in, but who finds ways to serve other people. Like that, that's, a, that's a great way to lead yourself into cultivating humility, is to find ways to serve others. And I, just, I really, I'm inspired by this piece of Joshua's life, that he was, he was cool with being called the servant of Moses and just doing what Moses said and knowing that he would never be as good as the guy who preceded him. He's still willing to step into what God had in front of him. And so to cultivate that humility, Fred Craddock is a guy who wrote about this, and this, it helps me to hear this, his voice in this. He says, to pour myself out for others, to pay the ultimate price of martyrdom, I'll do it. I'm ready, Lord, to go out in a blaze of glory. We think giving our all to the Lord is like taking a $1,000 bill and laying it on the table. Here's my life, Lord, I'm giving it all. But the reality for most of us is that he sends us to the bank and has us cash in the $1,000 for quarters. We go through life putting out 25 cents here and 50 cents there. Listen to the neighbor's kid's troubles instead of saying, get lost. Go to a committee meeting. Give a cup of water to a shaky old man in a nursing home. Usually giving our life to Christ isn't glorious as done in all those little acts of love, 25 cents at a time. Be easy to go out in a flash of glory. It's harder to live the Christian life little by little over the long haul. And it's that there's just humility there and that willingness to serve and to pour our lives out for others and that sends a, that sends a message to, to the people that are looking to us for leadership and what life is like. So, so cultivate humility, all right? Develop strong confidence in the Lord, cultivate humility. Here's the third thing, be obedient, be obedient. So this is the first thing that God said to Joshua as he took the reins of leadership. This is in Joshua chapter one, verses seven and eight, and these are beautiful verses. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Moses is called the servant of the Lord. Joshua again hears me called the servant of Moses. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right, to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, 
so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. So, so we don't just do small things. We also do hard things. So Joshua's on the front end. This is his... This is, this is his charge from the Lord as he takes the reins of leadership to lead people into a land. And if you, would re, if you, if you went home this, this week and read the account that's recorded in this little book named Joshua, God asked a lot of him. He asked a lot of him. And he was always a yes. He was always a yes. He was always a yes. He took this he took this statement to be strong and very courageous and to be careful to obey everything that I say to you. He took that very seriously. And, and he found himself in the position he was in to have this statement made to him publicly because he'd been taking this seriously for a long time in his life. He'd been living it out under Moses, but now he's the leader and and the Lord wants to make sure that he doesn't forget just because you're the one that all eyes are on now, you gotta remember there's a, there's a path that you're walking too. And so to be obedient, to be careful to obey all the things, to be careful to be obey all the things, so to, to be a person who does not just the little things to cultivate, to cultivate humility in our lives, but to be somebody who does the hard things that we know the Lord is in. And, and so obedience is, is doing the hard thing. If you're, gonna, if you're gonna be a person who is obedient, you have to be a yes to the hard things. And, and I would encourage you to be a yes before you know what the things are. It's just that the posture of your heart, the commitment of your life is, is Lord, my answer to you is yes. I'm not sure all the asks that you're gonna make of me but my answer to you is yes. Today, my answer to you is yes, no matter what that ask is as I walk out of this place or as I go into my, my work or on vacation or wherever we're headed in this next week, my answer to you is yes. This obedience thing is, is really important and we read it in those verses and this is a consistent theme throughout the scriptures. Obedience always leads to blessing. It does, obedience always leads to blessing. God always blesses obedience from his people. Now, it may not look like the kind of obedience that you were, like, or it may not look like the kind of blessing that you were planning on or thinking about or hoping for, but people who are obedient are always living in the stream of God's blessing. And so as we're in relationship with him, as we're cultivating faith and humility in our lives, for us to be a yes to him, whatever he says of us, to, do, to be willing to do the hard things. And, and because these are hard things, the other piece of being obedient is you have to ask for help from other people. I love like the parenting, the parents that would stand up here with their kids and, and say before the church, like, we need the Lord's help and we need your help. That's, that's a great moment of, of people who are expressing their desire to be obedient in one of the most important aspects of their life and to do that and say to the church, we need help for this. Joshua, throughout the story of his life, is relying on other people. There's, there's amazing things that happen that he gets to be part of, but if he's by himself, he's trying to do it by himself, he's trying to walk in obedience by himself, it doesn't, doesn't happen. We all need other people in our lives. And so I don't know if you have people that you could count on that when, 
Like when the chips are down, you know they're there for you and you know there are gonna be people who are gonna be looking at you and saying, hey, this is the way, this is the, way the Lord has for you to walk. You gotta walk in that way. If you don't have people like that, we need to help you find them. If you don't know who they are, like we need to help you find them. If you let us know, we'll, we'll try to connect you with some people who are yes people to Jesus so that you get to, to be obedient and as you're obedient, you're really either following in the footsteps of somebody that you're connected to or you're blazing a trail for, for people who are coming behind you. But if you really want your people, your family, to walk in the way of the Lord, that is like obedience is Obedience is critical for you. All right, and then here's the fourth thing after obedience. This fourth thing is just don't quit. <laughs> you know, just, just don't quit. Like, strong confidence in God, cultivating humility, being obedient, don't quit. Look, Joshua chapter 13, verse one. When Joshua had grown old, the Lord said to him, you're now very old. <laughs> and there are still very large areas of land to be taken over. He didn't say, you're now very old, take a seat. You know, you ran hard for a while and so, so now you get to rest. He said, you're now very old and there's still a lot of stuff to do. So let's go do it. You know, looking at him and saying, and there was no quit. In Joshua, this, this for me is, again, I'm inspired by this. I was inspired by it in my 30s and I'm really inspired by it now in my 50s. I'm not very old. How'd I get here? Don't quit. You know, don't quit. Faith Having faith, it, it requires something of you. Exercising faith, God gives it to you, but exercising faith, it requires something of you. You're laying your life down into that. Continually cultivating humility in your life. How successfully or unsuccessfully we do that, but trying to cultivate humility in our life, it, it could be tiring. Obedience? If you're gonna be obedient, you're kind of, it feels like most of the time you're walking uphill into the wind. If you're gonna walk in obedience to the Lord, it feels like you're going uphill into the wind. It's a stream of God's blessing, but it, but it takes something out of you and there are moments when, and if you want the people who are coming behind you to walk the direction that you've been leading, you keep, you don't get to, if you step off the path, they, they might come with you. So we, we stay on that path of obedience. Even when we're old, even when we're tired, there's still a lot left that God has in front of us and so, so we just, we don't quit. And here's, here's why I think this is a biblical strategy. I wish I had time to explore all these things. There's three things here for, for being a person who does not quit. The so first one, is to set some long-term spiritual goals. To set some long-term spiritual goals. I'm betting, all of us who are engaged in a service, whether you're here or online, I'm betting, I'm betting you have some long-term goals of some sort. Career goals, financial goals, retirement plan, 
could just get that lake house. You know, what, you have long, we all have long-term goals and plans, so set some long-term spiritual goals for yourself. And it, it could be just about anything. Um, it could be connected to how well you know the scriptures, it could be connected to what kind of, you know, how your small group looks, it could be connected to, it could be connected to a lot of things, this is between you and the Lord, but to set some long-term spiritual goals. And then second, to find a long-term sustainable pace. One of my good friends described one of my other good friends. He said he likes to sprint to the starting line to sprint that marathon. And it's like you can't, I guess you could sprint to the starting line of a marathon, but you can't sprint a marathon. You have to have, you have, to have a pace. And life is, it's a marathon. And so to find a long-term sustainable pace. When I was growing up, there was a, there was a phrase that one of my pastors used. He said, I'd rather burn out than rust out. For God, how about neither? <laughs> you know, just for me, I, I don't want to burn out. I don't, want, I don't want to rust out for sure, but I don't want to burn out either. And so, so to find a long-term sustainable pace. And what you know, you know this from other areas of your life, you know that, that in some, some things, sometimes you just have to sprint. Like there's just some, you have to sprint. But those need to be like sprints, not I'm trying to finish the race at this pace and so to find a long-term sustainable pace and what helps you in both those two things is to have long-term spiritual friends. And I, I, again, I hope, I hope you have people in your life who they know you, they've known you for a long time. They're, they walk with Jesus with you. They, um, Marie has a list of guys that I've known, most of them I've known at least 15 years, some of them 20 and longer, that if, if I start to step off the path she knows who to call, because these guys have been part of my life for decades now. And, and to have those kinds of friends who are, who are with you and who are for you and who are behind you and have your back and need be, they will be in front of you and have your shirt. You know, to have some, some long-term spiritual friends, people that you do life with and that you follow Jesus with, those are, those are really important things. Now, let me kind of wrap all this stuff up. A couple things. One is when, when these major things started in Joshua's life, like these things that we're talking about today, he was 40-something years old. So he had a history with Moses. But he had a leader. He had a guy he was following. When he became point, he was 40-something years old. And the reason, I, the reason I say that to you is and, and scholars aren't clear on whether somewhere between 40 and 60. That's what scholars will say. I think he's closer to 40, but scholars, that, that span is out there. I say that because you may be thinking, it's too late for me. You know, I didn't grow up in this stuff. I didn't start this when I was 12 or 16. Or I'm here at church, or I'm here watching, and, and I'm this old. It's not too late. It's just not too late. You can start where you are and you can begin going this direction today and if you start in this place today and move forward in these things, you are going to be blazing a trail for those who come behind you and it will bear fruit. It will bear more fruit than you know for longer than you could imagine. So don't, don't hang this up saying, I'm too old, it's too late of a start. Don't, this is, <laughs> you can start today, it's all good. Second thing. So Joshua, as the patriarch, is making this statement 
you guys choose who you're gonna serve. As for me and my household, we'll serve the Lord. So he's the patriarch. So his, his kids, even though they're grown and out of his house, and probably at his age at this point, his grandkids are grown and out of their house, they're all still considered part of his household. He's gotta have some knuckleheads in that group, right? He's gotta have, there have to be some people who are part of his household who are choosing some different things. And I, I wanna say that to those of you who are listening to me and thinking, I, I have, I'm a person of faith. I may not be strong all the time, but I'm a person of faith and I cultivate humility in my life and I am to the best of my ability, I'm obedient and I'm not quitting in that. But I got some people who are part of my household who aren't walking this way. What I, what I want you to hear from me in this moment is you, you can't be responsible for somebody else's decision. You just can't. They see the way you're walking. They know the way you're walking. And if they have chosen to step off the path for a little bit, that, that isn't on you. Don't, don't let the enemy of your soul take the things we've talked about today and use them as a stick to beat you when you walk out of this thing. So to know that you can't be responsible for somebody else's decisions, but to also know that God will bless your obedience. So keep walking the way you're walking. Don't quit. I think what happens in, I think it happened in Joshua, it's not recorded in scripture, so this is just sanctified imagination. When, when a guy on his deathbed says in the presence of his family, because they're there, when he says in the presence of his family, this is the way this family goes. This way I'm gonna go and this way this family's gonna go and I'm only gonna be here for the next few minutes. But when I'm gone, keep an eye on those guys. They'll show you the way to go. Those people who've stepped off the path, they, they hear those words, they see that example, the Lord works in their hearts. You may not get to see it, but the downstream of your obedience, they're gonna rise to the occasion. So I want you to have hope today that the Lord is before you and he is behind you and he is under you and he is with you in this. And the same thing's true if you've got somebody in your, in your circle that has said, hey, I'm gonna try it a different way for a little while. They're gonna figure out there's no life in that. And they're gonna come back and they're gonna rise to the occasion. You might not get to see it, but the Lord is always faithful to his promises and to his people. So there's this old song written by a guy named Steve Green. Have you ever remember Steve? Like he's in the night. I don't know if he's still around, kid. You are very old and full, like, yeah, so this, yeah, those of us who know Steve Green. He's got this song, it's, it's called Find Us Faithful, and I, just, I love the little chorus there, and this would just be kind of, maybe lead us into a, a time of prayer, just as our prayer. Oh, may all who come behind us find us faithful. May the fire of our devotion light their way. May the footprints that we leave lead them to believe in the lives we live inspire them to obey. Oh, may all who come behind us find us faithful. So will you guys bow your head and close your eyes and let me just pray for us as we finish our time together today. So Lord, a lot of ground covered here. Thank you for the examples of men and women who have lived faithful lives. All of us in this room are following in somebody's footsteps. All of us who are watching online are following in somebody's footsteps. 
So thank you for good, godly examples. Help us be that. Pray for each one of us who's participating this weekend that we would be men and women, boys and girls of, of faith and that our faithfulness would bear fruit in the lives of the people who are behind us. Jesus, you are worth the energy, you are worth the effort, you are worth the sacrifice, you are worth the, the questions from people around us, you are worth being, us being different, you're worth all of that. You have, you have given yourself to us and you've given yourself for us and so we just respond with this really big yes to you. You've said yes over us, we say yes to you. And I pray that that would be the, the character of our lives, that those who come behind us would find us faithful. So thank you for going with us into the rest of this weekend, into this week that's ahead of us. Thank you for calling the best out of us, calling us forward. Jesus, we're, we're walking after you. So we pray these things in your name, amen. So thanks for being here. It's great to be with you guys. We really appreciate the opportunity to worship and be at church together. Um, I hope you dads have a great Father's Day weekend and I uh, hope you guys have a great week. I love you. I look forward to seeing you here next weekend. You guys are dismissed.